You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 76 with Lindsay Rago. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, welcome back to Heart Food Podcast. I'm so excited to share this interview today with my friend Lindsay. As you may have noticed, uh, we haven't had an interview here in a while, in about six weeks. And I've loved talking to you one-on-one, like I have mentioned in those episodes. And I feel like that's when a lot of my own content is able to be shared. So I love those. And I feel like I'm speaking to you intimately. And I love that. But I also love bringing you thought leaders and people who I think you would gain value from hearing And also people that I just want to get to know better and have it be recorded and then shared on the internet, which this podcast is. But there's always that goal in mind for me that I want you to gain some insight from talking to these people who are all so different, but all go along with the same goal of being your best self, living authentically, feeling good in your body, and being your most confident self so that you can do the things in the world that you want to and that you need to. So I have about eight other interviews lined up for these next coming months, but I'm so excited to kick off with Lindsay. Before we get into her episode, I just wanted to let you know to keep out on the lookout in the next three weeks for Prep Like a Pro 2.0 and uh, the cooking school that's going to be launching after that. I have um, set the date of release for Prep Like a Pro 2.0. I've pushed it back a couple weeks because this version is going to be double, doubly as good. Does that make sense? Probably not. Um, it's going to be double, pretty much double the content, double the value. It's going to be incredible. So I've taken all the feedback that I've gotten from everybody who took it first and I have incorporated it into this second round and the same thing with the cooking school. So I just want it to be the best that it can be. So stay on the lookout for that. Um, but Lindsay is a fitness coach and somebody who teaches confidence. And she actually has a program called Living Lean University that she is opening for enrollment right now. So it's going to be open through the end of this week. through So through this Friday, I believe, April 12th, if you're listening to this episode in real time. And as you can hear Lindsay in the episode, she focuses a lot on helping women get to their goals and the mindset surrounding that and limiting beliefs that surround that as well. And we do talk about tracking. We talk about the journey from tracking to intuitive eating, 
Um, so just keep in mind that the episode is very, um, you know, we are surrounding a topic that can be sensitive for a lot of people. And just remember that, you know, our goal with these episodes and with everything that we do is to make you realize that you can do whatever works for you. So that is always the overarching message. And as we talk about in the episode, our lives, you know, ebb and flow when it comes to our nutrition and that is okay. So I just want you to always do whatever works for you and what feels best in your heart when it comes to food. And obviously we are here to guide you and help you because it is confusing and it does take a lot of time. We also talk a lot about spirituality and mindset and getting over those limiting beliefs and, you know, just being your most confident self, which is not the most easy thing. And it does require, the more people that I talk to, the more people that I talk to, which I just said, but the more I gain my own confidence, the more I see that it happens through being scared and doing stuff anyway and just becoming who you know you can be in the process. So I hope this gives you some insight. If you want to find Lindsay on Instagram, you can find her at Bomb, R-A-Y-G-O-B-O-M-B. You can find her website at Lindsay Rago Fit. And if you want to apply to Living Lean You, it is lindsayregofitapply.com but everything is in the show notes so i hope you guys enjoy the episode let me know what you think and i can't wait to talk to you again next week thank you so much for being on my show today with me today lindsay for sure i'm excited i'm excited i've listened to a few of your your podcasts as well and i love the conversation aspect of it so it's gonna be fun oh yeah i'm super excited um so you and i know each other because we are in the same mastermind, the same business mastermind together. And we have similar businesses. And I talk so much about confidence and nutrition and movement. And you have just such a fresh perspective on the way that you coach your women and the way that you approach this big topic that people, a lot of people think is just about food or movement, but there's so many mm-hmm. underlying things that go along with it and the journey Mm -hmm. that it allows you to sometimes painfully have to look at everything else in your life, like your beliefs and people don't expect that. So I would love if you could introduce yourself and talk about what you do specifically and Mm -hmm. who you help and how you got to that place. So it's kind of a big question, but it's sort of the kickoff (laughs) of how we get into people's stories. And I'm always interested into like, you know, there's a reason why we do this work as coaches. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. I think it's so funny because I think about, I did my first podcast was two or interview was two years ago and I was so uncomfortable talking about what I do. And I think back to that and I'm like, that's so, so, it seems like such a different version of myself because I was just like, I knew that I had this this really powerful um, purpose that I was supposed to I was supposed to lean into, but I just I didn't like connect with it yet, and I didn't understand that I had value in that way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like so excited to be able to actually like explain what I do in a more like cohesive way or um, coherent way. And so 
what I do is I help women gain confidence in that's like the big overarching theme, but it really, it goes so deep and it starts with their external. So I think most people, when they coach or they're talking about confidence, they start with like internal like mindset stuff. My firm is that you have to take care of your external self before you even have the mental space to start taking care of your internal self. So in like, when I'm working with women, I start with their external self. So everybody wants to have either better health, a better body. Um, and a lot of people aren't willing to admit that they want a better body. I'm like, you can literally have whatever you want. So just tell me what you, you actually want. And that's a big part of like how I start working with people. It's like, just be raw and honest. Like, what do you want? Cause you can create it. And people like feel bad that they have certain like aesthetic goals. Yes. Like, no, that's, that's huge. Like being comfortable in your skin doesn't mean that you need to look like a six foot thin model. Like it, it just means being comfortable in your skin. And that has so much value and impact in the way that you present yourself and the way that you uh, interact with people. So my focus is really taking those external goals, starting there. And then once they really feel like they have that under control, because that's that's the thing that's in their control is they can go to the gym, they can eat the, the right foods, they can choose to eat healthy, they can choose to learn how to do those things. And once they start learning those things, and they see that they have like, st- they can stay consistent with it, they start to feel more powerful. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, this is actually in my control. Like I can do this. And then when they start to see the physical changes, it just elevates that by like a million <laughs> totally. so they can, they can go in, they can do these like daily things that they told themselves they couldn't do for so long or that they were never meant to do. And then they see their body start to change and they're like, Oh wow. Okay. Now I can actually like, I can be proud of myself and feel that progress and start to feel that confidence because they've kept all those promises to themselves. And then I can start to like, work with them internally like okay you ate really off your diet today it's not because you wanted to like make yourself angry like you were you binged okay so what's the deeper meaning to that and it's not that it's not as simple as me just like saying like oh how do you feel about that it's it's so much more like asking the right questions um getting them to think in a way that they have never thought before I suppose Because in my own journey, like whenever I have mentors or friends who can ask me questions that just get me to think instead of trying to like preach at me, that's when I really like make changes and shifts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're coming up with your own answer to your struggle, which builds confidence in and of itself too. Exactly. Yes. And being able to identify like I've had really cool breakthroughs just asking my girls like okay you're you're self-sabotaging yes we know that but who are you who are you comparing yourself to like that you you feel like you can't bust through this like is there is there someone that you feel like you are supposed to be that you're you haven't been and this one client figured out through that one question that she she was comparing herself to someone she was like five years ago in Ecuador mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like super fit and happy in her life and she was like I'm never gonna be her again and she didn't even realize she was doing it until I asked her that question in that way 
Yeah. And so like when I'm, when I'm coaching someone, it's, I don't just like magically give them confidence by like helping them build their body. It's like, that is the avenue that lets people take control of everything. Like down, once they have that, they can start taking care of their emotions, their response to people and things like build better relationships. Um, so many of my girls will like quit their jobs and get their dream job or just like get a promotion because they step up. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. that's the point. That's what it's all about. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's exactly. the point. I love it. So super long winded answer to what I do, but I feel like it does need that like full um, introduction because it's not just fitness is for sure the base and that's why people come to me, but they come to me because they haven't been able to do it themselves because of deeper things. They just yes. don't realize it yet. Yes. So I take care of the holistic everything, nutrition, training, um, nutrition, training, their mindset, their soul. I give them like a community of women who are around them who are probably a little bit further than them so they can like push and pull each other. Yeah. As well. And that highlights the power of community, the power of surrounding mm -hmm. yourself with like minded people on similar goals like that just makes and having somebody lead you like, yeah. who's been there before. Um, I yeah. would love to hear your story in terms of what brought you to this work, because as coaches, like I was talking about before, we usually have felt really shitty in our areas yeah. of expertise at some point because we've so had true. to do our own, you know, journeys and our own work that's been hard mm -hmm. uh, in order to get to the other side. And we can relate to every single one of you know, the questions and the concerns that our clients come to us with. So I would love to know, like, what brought you here? Why do you do the things that you do? Yeah, thank you. I would love to get into it. It's, I feel there's part of me that feels like maybe I should have, my, sh my struggle should have been longer, but I think I was, I was blessed to have my fiance come into my life and change everything for me. Um, but so I, I grew up, and it starts there. Like I, I grew up in a, in a great family, great household um, that didn't really have necessarily like an impact, but I developed like a really uh, negative relationship with training and or exercise and food probably at like 12, which is when I really started to become aware of like what my body looked like. I think everybody has like that first memory of like when they realize like what, what weighing more than other people like felt like, yes. I suppose. Yes. And um, I'm sure you can relate with the, your story too. A hundred percent. I can still yeah. remember stepping on a scale in eighth grade and weighing 120 and everybody in the class being like, that was me too. Everybody was like, oh, in the hundreds. And I think that's when I realized, I hate to interrupt your story, oh, but like, I hate no. when that's like, I think that that's when I realized like, oh God, this is bad. Even though I was like uh, yeah. already five, three, I had already yeah. gotten my period. So I was like, you know, more developed than a lot of other people. And just seeing that and then seeing the reaction is, mm. is nuts in how it stays. It. It's yeah. embeds it. Yeah. That's so totally. true. And it's, oh God, that is awful because I, my, mine was like more of an internal thing. Like I did, I looked in the mirror and the only thing that fit me at 12 was sweatpants and this really like, it was like this really ugly combo of this like dark green, it's amazing how much you remember those things, but this like really ugly dark green um, shirt from Kohl's and these like stretchy pink camo pants. And I just looked so bad and, or that's how I, and I, I just looked in the mirror and I just like started sobbing and I told my mom, I'm so fat. I don't know what to, I, how did this happen? 
And I never had even thought about my weight before. So she bought a treadmill, bless her heart. Um, and I lost 20 pounds by just running on the treadmill every day for mm-hmm. like a half hour. Um, there was no thought of nutrition. There was no, none of that. Um, so that was when I started to like realize like, okay, I can change myself, but like this, it, this is a bad thing. This is yeah. a bad thing. Like I have to do this to myself every day because I was bad and I gained this weight. And so that was like, I think that's where it started. And then um, my relationship with food was I just refused to eat from the age of, cause I, w- I was homeschooled forever. And then I went to high school and um, that was a big shift in society <laughs> or like totally. my internal, my, my external world. Um, so I just, I just went through high school and I'd eat probably like an apple when I woke up and I would chew gum all day. And I would like take bites of other people's food, like my friend's food at lunch because I was starving, Mm -hmm. but I didn't ever bring anything with me um, because I didn't want to eat it. And then I got, I would get home every day and I'd have like a really tiny plate of whatever my mom cooked just because I was like starving. Um, And I would play sports. So I would train, I would go to sports practice for an hour and a half. And then I finally, once I got my license, I got um, a gym membership and I started like kind of lifting but also doing like an hour to like an hour and a half after sports practices on top of not eating. Mm, And it's like, Oh damn. Yeah, it is. It is so common. Like there's, there's people I talk to now that I went to high school with. They're like, Oh, I had really bad eating disorders. And you would never have known. No, would never have known. Yep. People walking around still today, you know what I mean? Who have eating. I mean, I can sort of see the the symptoms of it now you know what I mean but many other people hide this thing and this secret you know secret that is so common amongst all of us like I don't think I've ever talked to a woman who hasn't struggled in some way with their body you know to different extents yeah it's very rare and those people who don't have any struggles with their body or their nutrition like my my best friend growing up is one of those like she's super she has like a model body she eats really well her mom was like the same way just taught her everything about like healthy eating Mm -hmm. um so she's never struggled with that and it as like a kid that was like what the hell is wrong with me yes that she's fine and I'm not yes um, so but that comparison trap is like a whole different thing so anyway I um just went through high school that way and then you get to college and anybody who's listening that's been to college knows how you feel when you get to college, you're like stressed to the nines. You're anxious as hell. You're trying to make friends. Um, you're trying not to think about making friends. You're just like, Oh, just let it happen. So all of those things compile, um, let alone moving away from your parents. And so I, I just tried to like cling to the gym at the school and find comfort there. Um, started to get definitely like a better, like I started to see it as much more of a positive thing than a punishment. Uh, but I also started drinking and started like having an unlimited dining hall experience. Yes. So, yep. and oh God, if I could go back, I loved my dining hall at the University of New Hampshire. Like it was so good. But I, uh, I would just, I had no freaking idea. I had no idea how to eat. So I would eat like piles of peanut butter and Nutella with an apple and call that a healthy breakfast and have like bowls, literally bowls of scrambled eggs, like whole scrambled whole eggs. And I was like, it's eggs. They're help- yeah. healthy. But then having like 12 a day is yeah. a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of eggs. Like 12. Yeah. yeah. Bowls of them um, is a lot. 
it's insane. And um, yeah, so I just had no idea. So my weight was like, yo, yo, like lose 10 pounds, gain 20. Um, just crazy. And my body just never looked the way I wanted it to look. And what really started to change things like on a dime was when Brian came into my life, who's my fiance, and he was prepping for a bodybuilding competition. And I had never really heard of anything other than like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like anybody other than that. I didn't know women really did it other than I always thought that bodybuilding women were huge and like, oh God, scary. Yes. <laughs> so it's ignorance. Typical. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a typical narrative, so typical. you know, yeah. in the and world. It's just not a common like understanding. I think now yes. it is with social media, but yeah. Um, yeah. So he was prepping for a show and he, uh, he and I went to high school together. I did not really like oh my, my gosh, fiance at did? the time. Oh wow. Yes, I had no did. idea. We, we met when we were 12. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were, he lived, like, a, he lived a town over from me. We small town, New Hampshire. Wow. So we were, like, right, right by each other. But, uh, yeah, so when he came back into my life and started, like, talking to me in a more flirtatious way, I was kind of like, eh, no, thank you. Like, you're, you're arrogant. Because he was, like, big um, sports star, like, really attractive. Like, he got with all the girls in high school and blah, 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 blah. So, when he started talking to me, I was like, there's no way this guy wants to like spend time with me. Like I am not pretty like all these other girls that he mm-hmm. hangs out with. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kept persisting and he kept asking me to go like do things and talk to him and do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, dude, like if whatever, like I'm probably not, you're up to your standards. And um, so <laughs> anyway, we went on a date and from there we started dating to we could always expand upon that, but he, we started dating and he's now my fiance, but he, he was prepping and I went to his show and the, it was like a, one of those moments where you just like, it's like a, a, an epiphany. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the, I saw all the girls on stage for this bodybuilding competition, the bikini girls. And I had no idea that was a thing because anybody that I'd ever seen with a good body other than my friend, um, was a model or was like a, a celebrity. And I was like, Oh, well they have trainers and they have like all these things like perfect for them. And just that bitter, like, you know, that bitter internal thing. And yeah. Like it's unattainable. I, it's like something yeah. over there, you know, that exactly. I can't have. Like that's yeah. impossible. Yes. Exactly. And once you think that it happens, like you can't have it if you don't think you can. So, um, I saw all these bodybuilders and I was like, oh, those are normal people. Those are literally people who live like around this area. Those are not, those aren't models. Those aren't actors. Those are just people who have created that. I was like, and in my head, literally at an instance, I was like, I want that. And I think I said that out loud to like Brian's mom. I was like, I want it. I want that. And I, then I started telling Brian that and he was like, okay, cool. Like, and he, he let me, I didn't say I wanted to bodybuild. I just said in my head, I was like, I'm going to create the perfect body that I want. And like, I just, I just remember like it clicking and I was like, I'm going to make that happen. I have no idea how, I don't know what I'm supposed to do to do that, but I'm going to learn. And it started with training and Brian let me train with him again, bless his heart. I literally had never like weight trained, but he taught me from like the ground up um, we weren't like together at that point. He was just letting me train with him at like right before a bodybuilding competition, which is the most intense. Time. Yes. <laughs> just teaching a newbie how to train. And um, 
then I, I had like, I kept a journal, I tracked my weight. And by the following March, I just, I was super lean. I had abs and I was like, hell yes. I took pictures in a bathing suit and I was like, wow, is that actually me? And I just didn't stop. I was, I just refused to stop until I could feel comfortable. And there was yeah. no like weight goal. I was just like, I'm not stopping until I'm comfortable. I will create this. And I just had that like fire and passion. Determination. Yeah. Because it does take that like discipline, focus, Mm -hmm. sacrifice to get to that place. To get as lean as like the body of a bodybuilder. Yeah. For sure. I think that's, that's kind of the way that I, I think I, I don't know if I ever coached anybody in that way because it was more of, I've trained, I've coached, um, bikini girls, but it's like the intensity that I had was, I was all in and I don't, I don't preach that mentality, but for me to get there, I had to be that. And to get here where I eat intuitively and like, just am, am comfortable in my skin. I can maintain my body. Um, I train because I love it. Like if there's no like extreme about anything that I do now, um, I had to be in that place, I think, because I was so the other way and I had no idea like what the hell I was supposed to do. So yeah. it was like, it was like, I'm never going to snack again. I'm only going to eat quinoa and chicken um, and tuna. Yeah. And it was like hardcore bodybuilder diet <laughs> for like eight months. But yes. you don't have to do you don't have to do that to get the body you want. But that was my story. Yes. So what did it look like? Because many of my many of the women that come to me are people who and that listen to this podcast are women that struggle with food, mm-hmm. that are inundated with nutrition information, that yeah. maybe don't want to track, which mm-hmm. you know is always like I always encourage people to at least track at the beginning a little bit. Yeah. It's it's a hard line to sort of navigate when people struggle so much with food and maybe, you know, and with their mindset around it and they don't want to be obsessive, but they Mm. still have goals. So talk about like the transition that you made into, you know, from, you know, being strict with your food, eating select, you know, of the same foods over and over to Mm -hmm. intuitive eating and freedom, which is a lot of what we talk about on this podcast and something that seems, um, you know, like, it can't be reached because there's the intuitive eating that is out there. That's just like eat whatever you want all day, which I don't agree with. So I would love if you could talk about that, um, what it looks like for you and and how you coach your women around that. Yeah. I love that question because it's, it is, it's something that I really have to think about as you say it. Cause I'm like, how, so I've talked about it a little bit cause it is something so fresh for me because I can relate to anybody who is like hardcore, like, just hardcore, I guess. Like if I'm going into something and I know I need to like change my body by X date or I like have this intense goal, like I will track. Like, so if I do, if I do a cut, if I do something that's like specific with a goal attached, that's not just like a performance-based goal, I will track my food. Um, But to get out of tracking and get out of that obsessive, like restrictive place, um, it took three years of tracking and it took, or maybe two and a half, Um, but it took time to get it. And I think that with social media and people talking about intuitive eating and if people like want to just jump right there and I'm like, you need to understand what your body wants because you don't know, 
Yes. You don't know. Say it. I Say it. Know. Yes. <laughs> well, like, it, you I can't start care. there. Yeah, it's very yeah. hard. There has to be a dedicated period where if you, you have a goal. <laughs> if you have a goal, it, there has to be yeah. a dedicated or you want to even feel good. Yeah. You know? Like even yeah. if you just want to feel great because a lot of women come to me and they're like I just feel terrible. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to go from, you know, zero to, you know, zero at the point where like you might not know much about food, yeah, not be very, exactly. you know, not know like the intricacies of nutrition and what happens in the body. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that some sort, it's really hard to do it without some sort of awareness and yeah. at least loosely tracking or writing down what you are eating. Yeah. And I, I think there's two different types of people that we would be speaking to. Like there's the person who already is obsessive with tracking and wants to um, fix their relationship with food and they do have a goal attached. Cause I have a couple, I have a lot of clients like that too, mm-hmm. um, who already know how to track and they just have been like kind of shitty about it. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really reached their goals, but they don't quite know how to intuitively eat yet. Yep. And the, so the speaking to the person who doesn't know, you have to have that dedicated time. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I tell all my girls, like, I totally want you. I want this for you. I want that piece with food for you but you cannot reach your goals or you will, but it'll be really slow and out of your control if you aren't tracking. And I can't adjust you if I don't know what you're eating. And so exactly. once it's like, once I explain that, usually people are like, okay, I get it. I, I understand. And it's like, it's only when certain coaches preach, which I used to like preach tracking forever. Like you yeah. need to track forever so that you don't lose control. And that's just not, that doesn't have to be the case. Like, and I think whenever something is explained as like a do all end all, this is your forever, it feels overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. instead of there, just, I try to, I try to incorporate times into my girls' lives when they just need to listen to their body as like cliche as that is. Like if they're going on vacation, um, I'm like, track your food as best as you can and have a meal, try to have a meal out you get what what macros are so try to have a meal out and just stop when you're full and regardless of what you're eating um maybe you eat it all and you're still hungry um really just listen to that and like try to have peace with it because it Mm -hmm. takes like the way to start transitioning out of tracking once you're really comfortable with it you've had like i would say a minimum of six months like i don't think anything less than that establishes it as like a full understanding because it's not just looking at bread and being like, that's probably 20 carbs. It's like, my brain is foggy. I need fats. My yes. muscles are so sore. I need protein. Yes. And those things are not intuitive. Mm-mm. They're not. Those are. I'd never eat protein. Right. I'd, I'd never, I'd like eat just fruits and toast and, and no. things that I want to eat all, you know, like just carbs and fats yeah. all day. I never yeah. really, now I know because I have spent time tracking. I've spent time being yeah. aware, but I don't think especially if you're at a place where you're eating a lot of processed foods. Yeah. I don't think you intuitively, and I'm saying quotes, you know, around that word, know that you should be eating vegetables and proteins and fats, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, I don't just think it, I feel like I know (laughs) you do that. It's so, it's so important to have that dedicated time. Um, I think that I honestly think that everybody should under have like a basic understanding of it. It's, it's hard to want to learn it if you don't have any body image issues, but if you have any type of health issues, 
um, understanding macros, understanding like even just how to have like a micronutrient dense diet. Those are big, big aspects of being able to just eat intuitively and maintain whatever body you build while you're tracking. Because mm-hmm. it's like people will gain 20 pounds in like a year because they just haven't paid attention. And then by the time they pay attention, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is not good. Yes. This is not good. And now you take have to take another year to, or six months to lose that 20 pounds by tracking. So it's like your body will maintain but you have to get it to a good place first. Yes. Is my my like take on it. Um and then I think with the person who's obsessive that needs to become intuitive, that was me and I did a week with a friend which was so great. She's my assistant now, but I did a week with a friend of just intuitive eating. So I was like, okay, I'm hungry for breakfast. I and you almost want to have whole foods because you're like if I'm eating intuitively and I'm testing myself to see if I can like eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full, then I want to have more like good foods, good foods for the most part. And so I did it for a week and I maintained my weight. And then I went back and I tracked a day of eating during that week to see if I was eating the same macros. Cause that's the goal, like intuitively eating, you want to still be hitting like close to the range of what your body wants anyway mm-hmm. while you're tracking but be satisfied and I went back and tracked and I had hit like the exact macros that I would normally eat without tracking and that's when I knew like it's almost like you could like go into your fields and see if you're full but also I was like lo- logically I am hitting the same so my body must understand and my mind must be along with my body for the ride Mm-hmm. So once once I did that, and honestly, I tracked for another three months because I did a cut. Then I just like we moved to Dallas for a month, and I didn't have like the fridge wasn't necessarily mine, and so I didn't have I didn't want to be like obsessively weighing and measuring everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna take this as my cue, and I'm just yeah. gonna like not track. And I actually lost five pounds over the course of a few months, just by no, just eating until I was full and eating when I was hungry instead yeah. of tracking the exact right amount. Cause some days I sit on my ass all day and yeah. I don't need to eat 2000 calories when I do that. So yeah, yeah. totally. So it, it, your body does tell you, but you have to get to the place where you trust yourself in, internally. So it's much more of an internal game than like after you understand. Yes. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's about self-trust and, and that requires sort of putting yourself out into the fire, Mm -hmm. the fire of intuitive eating and navigating things on your own, um, putting yourself out there and learning through action that you can trust yourself. And that goes along Mm -hmm. with something that you talk about a lot, which is confidence. Um, and to me, confidence has the same sort of thing where, if you're not confident in a certain area, it's just because you don't have evidence that you can do it yet. So it's really yeah. through action and just doing things over and over and over and then building that skill. So I would love to hear, I've heard you talk about it a lot, which I love what you say, but I would love for you to tell the listeners how you have developed confidence and how you mm-hmm. help your clients do it too through maybe some tools and strategies. Yeah, I'm all about tools. Like I am definitely a I have like my woo woo or like, oh, you just have to like feel into it. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do love having like very straightforward tools 
So building confidence, because it comes in, it comes in stages and areas for sure. Like I was just having a great conversation with a client about the different areas that she's building her confidence in. Because when you first come into self-development or like physical development, you think, okay, well, I'm going to go with the physical side. I want to build a great body because I don't feel good about myself. And that is true if it's paired with other stuff. So to start building your confidence, it can be as simple when we're talking about it. It can be as simple as just make promises to yourself that you think will make you better and then keep your promises. And then you prove to yourself you can do it. So if you want like the the basic, you hear it on like everywhere um, answer, that would be it. But for, for me, because I still go through phases where I'm like, I wake up and I don't feel good in my body, like randomly. Yes because I'm bloated or because like the clothes I'm wearing aren't necessarily complimentary and those things happen. And it's like, and same with business. Like I know some of the people who listen to this are probably like business related or they have their own businesses, but the, you still will get knocked. Like you might miss some, miss out on some like really amazing clients because it wasn't like, it wasn't the right fit or something. And you can have your confidence knocked down to the ground really fast. Mm, Totally. Um, And that, and that totally sucks. So in order to, I've asked this question to people too, how to build confidence. Um, for for me starting out, it was keeping promises to myself. It was, I'm not going to snack. And that was breaking that habit by keeping that promise. Like I, I used to eat whole boxes of cereal and cheeses. And I remember going into my pantry, grabbing a handful after I'd made that promise. I left the pantry and I looked at my hand and I was like, I promised myself I would not do this. And I turned back. I probably should have thrown it away, but I put it back in the box. And like as simple as those things that nobody would ever know about, you doing that for yourself builds your confidence in yourself. And when you when you go through those different areas of your life, it's like it, it applies everywhere. Like if you if you make a promise to not accept certain treatment from a man or from a woman or whatever, depending on who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, if you allow yourself to be treated that way that you said you would never be treated, you're probably going to start feeling a little bit more shitty mm-hmm. versus like standing up for yourself and doing those things. So it really, it really does apply everywhere. And when you're, when your confidence is either knocked or it's just not where it should be, um, you have to tangible things. You have to surround yourself or find people that you can lean on if you need it. And a lot of it is definitely taking responsibility for yourself. But if I if my confidence is knocked, I know I can call Julie Burke. Like I know I can call Mike. I know I could call Ashley if I needed her. Mm-hmm. Like if if you have people around you that you can lean on and that are that are important, that are pushing themselves in the way that you want to push yourself. Very important point. Very important because you can lean on your your significant other all day, but if they don't, if they sit on their ass all day, you're never gonna get fit if you lean on them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and that's a really hard pill to swallow for yes. a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's true. And um, so, having people who are above you in whatever realm you're working on, um, fitness, whatever, be that a coach, be that a group, be that friends um, who are who are doing the things that you want to do. You have to like surround yourself with that um, just to guarantee that you are going to build your confidence because to, to do it on your own coming from like someone who did it on their own. I did have Brian, but 
I put everything on Brian because he was the only one. And that was really hard for him. Mm -hmm. So if I, that's why everything I do for like my girls, like when I create that community for them and I surround them with other people who are doing it too, it becomes a confidence builder because they have like the external motivation there. They have genuine real people that they can be like, Hey, I'm not motivated today. Help. Mm -hmm. And it help. It just helps them keep those promises because they see other people doing it. And that's like more of a, probably more of a psych, a psychological thing, but that's confidence too, right? Like, yes, totally. It is psychological. So, um, surrounding yourself with people for sure, filling your mind with things that help you build your confidence. So people who speak on confidence, like Rachel Hollis, like, um, there's so many other Mel Robbins, mm-hmm. um, Tony Robbins, listening to people like filling instead of filling your brain with like bar stool. I mean, that's yes. more of a guy thing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Brian watches that all the time. I know. Um, but <laughs> My instead of filling too. your brain. Yeah. Yes. They love it. It's yeah. funny. It's okay. It's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but like when you, when you go for walks, when you do your cardio, when you end your day, have something that brings your mind back to that positive place. Cause shit happens throughout the day. Like there's a lot that happens from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And if you don't reset yourself or have something that's filling your mind, like a book um, or uh, just listening to somebody speak, it'll be hard to keep building your confidence. Cause you'll just, you'll go the other way. Cause the default is to kind of turn towards the negative as humans. And if you don't like consciously change that, it'll take over you and it'll knock any chance you have of building confidence. So those two things for sure. And something that does help build confidence. So I didn't even speak on this exercise, exercise, oh, yes. exercise and getting strong. As, yes. Getting strong. And I, I think I won't, I will preach weight training till the cows come home because it's something so fully in your control. Nobody's telling you to push harder. Um, you have to push yourself and finding that little strength, that strong version of you inside of you when you're training with weights, that's like beyond any confidence builder that I could ever like give anybody Mm -hmm. because it just has so much power. Um, which I just spoke to this girl yesterday who's never weight trained and she wants to start and she's starting in livingly new, which is cool, but she, she's never weight trained. And I was like, you don't understand this yet, but that's going to be the most powerful confidence builder. And that, that going in training with weights will let you get your dream job. It will let you walk into a room and with your head high, not knowing a soul that like one habit change is amazing. And it's done wonders for me. Like it's the one constant in my life. It's the one thing that I know I can go in and feel better when I leave and those things are important for sure. So those are the three weight training, fill your mind and then keep your promises to yourself, but surround yourself people. with other people, yes. people. Yes. Surround yourself with people. I love those all of three. those. I love all of those <laughs> points and couldn't agree more with them. Um, something that you mentioned that I think is worth expanding upon a little bit is the fact that our brains go directly to the negative. And the fact that we need to make conscious efforts every day to do the things that make us feel great and bring us back. Because without a sort of push or effort, we will default back into that Mm -hmm. negative place. 
And especially apathy. like, yes, yeah. apathy and negativity and especially like in business. Um, yes. Oh, so that is business. huge <laughs> too. We are both on really similar journeys. And as I was yeah. telling you before we started recording and when I first met you uh, a couple months ago, I just couldn't believe that you were so young. Um, mm. You're 23 and to have the insights and the motivation and the goals and the dreams and just the way that you speak and carry yourself already at 23 is amazing to me. Uh, so Thank I would you. love, of course, um, and I just want to acknowledge that about you. And I would love if you could talk about your mindset and what brought you to this place. And maybe, you know, I think sometimes people see people that are confident and people that are successful mm. and they might think, oh, they never go through their difficult moments. Mm. They never struggle. They never yeah. have doubts. So if you could talk about like, you know, our inherent default as humans into negativity yeah. and how we can take our mindset and elevate it so that we can excel mm. in business and in life and in going after our dreams and the things we really want. Hell yes. I love this topic because it's so, I feel like every time I talk about it, I grow a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, I think the, it's fascinating because I feel like in the past, because Brian and I moved from tiny town, New Hampshire to Los Angeles with our own businesses without a plan other than, oh, we're just going to like, we're going to get really, uh, quote, famous, yes. not famous, but we're going to get famous. We're going to have like a great business and it's just going to be fine. And that was our mentality. But I also had like, I had worst case scenario in my mind and I was cool with it, which I think is important. Uh, Aaron Diamond talked about that yesterday. But when, when I first started, like, I think the the point where I started actually like developing my mindset was when we we tore away from Tiny Town and we went to Los Angeles. Cause when this was place, that? When was that, that, that was, you left? That was July 2017, and now it is oh, 2019. Wow. Yeah, so okay. it's almost two years. Okay, wow. It's almost two years. Uh -huh. And I think the the really the past year more so has been um, me stepping into my power a little bit because. And even less time than that, I think it's been, that's why I feel like I, I, in the beginning, I said, I feel like I should have like had a longer struggle, but I think I so did the extreme of like, I'm going to remove myself, strip everything away that I know and build myself from the ground up. And I'm going to develop the person that I want to be. And that was like as scary and terrifying for anybody that that is, it was also terrifying to me. And, um, to just like remove your family, to remove outside influence, uh, to move to a place that will kick you in the face over and over and not care. Uh, Los Angeles, if you've never lived, been in Los Angeles, it's, it's expensive. It's um, everybody seems very nice, but then it's really hard to make friends because everybody's got their own thing. It's full of influencers and beautiful people. And I love California, but these are all the things that are said about California. So when we decided to move here, those are all the things people told us. And, and what was the impetus um, for you guys moving here? Just oh, out of curiosity, yeah. like what, what yeah. made you, did you know at the time, like in order for me to grow, I have to leave? Why Los Angeles? What, what yeah. did that move entail? Yeah. So Brian had always wanted to move here since he was a little kid. I lived in Australia for a little bit and he told me, this is so funny. He told me that he's like, Oh, Los Angeles is just like Australia. You'll love it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Let's yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have this habit of 
and we're doing it again in the end of this month, we're moving again. But this habit in my life is that whenever I, I know that something's going to be really hard for me to get past, I force myself to do the things that make me so uncomfortable. Like in, in college that was staying on campus instead of going home, I'd give myself time frames. It, that was um, going to Australia by my, well, I had a friend, but by myself um, for four months and figuring out how the hell I was going to make friends and who I was actually wanting to be. That was starting a business. That was like just things that I purposefully put in my life to make me uncomfortable so that I will grow. Not mm. to make myself miserable, but to, to be like, okay, I'm putting this challenge in front of me. I know I can do it, but I have to go through this shitty part to grow. So why, that's kind of, that's why we moved to LA. And I was also like, I want I hate being cold. So there's those things mm. for sure. Yes. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's really cold know, in New Hampshire. Yeah, yes. I hate the cold too. Win- winter in New Hampshire is October to April. And that's a long winter. Yeah. It's half <laughs> so, the year. Yeah, literally. So I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. And I, I love it here. I know we'll come back. So that's why we moved here. Um, and it proved to be a very, very big challenge because you also, you think that you just go to this beautiful place and you'll just, everything will just kind of flow together. And it, it wasn't ever that bad, but there was some like really challenging stuff. Like when I had literally just started my business, I had no idea how much income I was going to be making. And Brian was doing really well, but then we came to LA and we only had each other and I had to, I was leaning on him a lot because I had just graduated school and he had been out for a year and he had been doing this. And I was like, Oh God, like it was kind of that default of like, I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do. Like, what do I put on? What do I put on my, on Facebook for my business? What do, and just not, not knowing, not knowing what to do. And when you're first starting a business, you don't know what to do. And you think that everybody else knows. And you're like, but, I don't know who to talk to. Like, I don't even have people. I had nobody in my life who had a business except for Brian. And so he and I, I am impressed that we like killed it together and stayed together. But, um, we, I just leaned on him so much. And there came a point last July where he joined Mike's mastermind and that's the mastermind Ashley and I are in. And he came back from that weekend and he was like, he basically in so many nice kind loving words was like, if you don't level up, we are not going to stay together because I was, I was still so leaning on him and I was draining him. And that was my point of like no return essentially where I was like, I need to develop my mindset. Like I need to step into the, the entrepreneur I want to be. I need to become the independent because I always said I was independent, but I wasn't in this case. Like Brian was my crutch. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to become so independent that I build my business. I build my team. I build um, myself into the best coach I can be for my girls. And I was, I was already doing like meditation and that internal work journaling was, has always been in my life. But I just, it's something clicked at that moment. And it was just like necessity. It was like, I don't know how I'm going to do like the, again, don't know how I'm going to level up from where I am, but I have to, otherwise I'm going to lose Brian. And yeah. that was, and like, he was doing that. Not, not only for him, but for you too. Yeah. You know, definitely. 
definitely. Because at that point, I was just like, I don't, I had no, you'd ask me my year goals. I would have no idea. My like, even like end of the year goals, no idea. Like I had written, I had written some goals, but they were just like super basic and nothing like, nothing that forced me out of my zone, I suppose. So I just, I, I slid by because I was doing fine on income wise, like by keeping my current mentality and just like kind of doing some meditation and like trying to get out there and make friends a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't like, I wasn't as intentional. I think when it came to developing the mindset I have now, it was taking a huge leap and investing in myself, a huge, huge leap. I sound like Donald Trump, but (laughs) I I spent, I, when he came back from the mastermind, I gave myself, and again, with the tangible things, I gave myself 12 weeks to figure my shit out. I was either going to hire a business coach to help me. So Brian didn't have to be my business coach, or I was going to join a mastermind and surround myself with other entrepreneurs who I could learn from. And both of those things were going to be very hard and, and a big investment. And I gave myself 12 weeks to just like save up or like figure it out and decide what I wanted. And the 12 week mark came and Mike so happened to reach out to me on Instagram. As he does. Like, as he does. <laughs> yeah. And was just like, he was just like, hey, like, I hope you're doing well. Like Brian's great. And he's, he mentioned you might be like leveling up soon. I'd love to talk or whatever he said. I don't remember, but that was like right at the end of like, that was the 11 week mark of me like needing to figure it out. And I talked to him. He told me it was $15,000 and I was like, and he was just very straightforward. He was like, okay. After like an hour and a half talking, I was like, okay. And I, <laughs> yep. I, yep. I was like, <laughs> at that point, at that point I was just so like, you just get that deep knowing that you need to change like you need to change or some, or you're going to stay here and you're going to be in your default mode and you're going to be apathetic, which I would never classify myself as that. But it was like, that's how drastic of an opposite I saw in my mind. I either do this and I start stepping into the person I want to be or I don't and I stay here and have no fucking idea what to do with myself other than just keep trying to get clients and, and work as well as I could with them. It was just... Um, a very clear, like I have, I have deep faith in God and I have very, um, I didn't at the time, which mm-hmm. is also important. I didn't at the time. I was very just like, okay, but I guess this is a sign kind of person. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Can you hear okay. me? It cut out for a second. Yeah. Um, that was so great. Uh, maybe if you could start <laughs> again on, dive back into it. um, maybe if you could just start again on like, your belief and your faith? So I was not exactly a a person of deep faith at that time. I'd always had faith, but I, that developed a little bit later. And that was a, that's a huge component of why my mindset is where it is. And when Ashley and I first met, like you told me that like, holy shit, your mindset is like insane for your age and or in, in general, either way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely attribute faith as a big part of that. And then the other part was taking that full on leap of like, I maxed out my credit cards because I just so felt in my soul that that's what I had to do. It wasn't like I was frivolous and just spending money to spend money. It was like, I know that this is here to challenge me. And I know that if I take this opportunity to be challenged, I'm going to be, I'm going to, 
I'm going to level up in so many ways. Cause that required me to step into a room with a ton of entrepreneurs who were amazing, way older than me and knew a lot more than me as far as business goes. Mm-hmm. And let a, that alone, I, looking back, I, pro, I probably, I was not at the point mentally where I should have done that. Like as far as like the societal standards, because I just, I had no, I was not mature in my business enough for a mastermind, but I would not be here if I did not go there. And so it would have been a slower process to get here. But I think that just exponentially, cause I just almost surrendered to it was like, okay, yeah, I don't know as much as I want to know, but I know I'm a really great person and yes. I know that I can have great conversations and I have a great soul that can connect with other souls. And so that's, that's what I told myself going into it. So that, that allowed me to just open up my, my mind to how much I had to grow yes. and how like, cause you don't, I don't think most people realize. And I told, uh, I was talking to a client about this the other day too. Most people don't realize what these other areas that they could like quote grow in. Yes. They, it's just a totally foreign idea, like to have, confidence in your um, relationships to have confidence in your workplace to have confidence in your your not only in your skin but in your scrubs like your yes um, whatever it is confidence in your relationship with food or your nutrition and like your understanding of those things like there's to have confidence in so many areas is a completely foreign concept to when most people start which is also why I don't like start there with people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, there has so, to be baby steps into the process. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't expect anybody else to go deep dive, like ag- aggressive, hardcore, like I do when I'm developing myself. Yes. I'm like, I'm going to, I basically make myself naked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> grow. Exactly. But, it, but I think that you make a great point that if you have big dreams and if you have goals and, and things that you want to accomplish that you know deep in your heart that feel because you can feel it deep in your soul like I can change the world I have the power to help people which is something that I felt for so many years um and sometimes you take risks in investing in yourself and I really don't think that you can grow like big time unless unless you make some sort of investment unless you're challenging yeah. yourself unless you're stretching us as humans are just going to want to stay at the same level yes so in order oh, to get to that next that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's like there's no other way to do it and sometimes yeah. i'm i have moments where i'm like oh i wish i could just feel satisfied with just living yeah. the saddest quo because it's so much easier but then i think to yeah. myself and my husband tells me Like you wouldn't be happy. Like that's just not how you're wired. And it is okay. Like if people are, whatever makes you happy and whatever it fulfills you, whatever that is, whatever that life looks like for you, like that is success. Um, So I just really want to reiterate that point too, that as long as you feel comfortable in your skin, living your life and in the work that you're doing, that is the ultimate success. Um, Definitely. but I could talk to you forever. We're already almost yeah. at the hour mark. And um, I didn't ask you like half of the questions that I had, but that just means I'll have to have you on again. That's okay. I mean, we've had like such a good conversation that has um, encompassed so many different points. 
um, that I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, I love this. It's so fun. (laughs) I have a couple quick fire questions that I ask um, the guests. The first one is, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I'm a big reader. So are there Mm. any, and the listeners love reading too, are there any books that you have read that have really had a big impact on you that are, that you'd like to share? Oh, hell yes. There's two that immediately like have changed my life and then like totally elevated the way that I see the world. So the first is You Are a Badass at Making Money, Mm. Jen Sincero. Which just like I had such a bad relationship with our view of money. I was so scarce. I saw everything as this I'm spending money, I'm losing money. Um, so that book totally shifted my view of that of money, which is a game changer. If you have a business, not even if you have a business, if you have a life where you make money and you're not in the woods somewhere. Yes. So that book for sure, I recommend it to all my clients as well. And then The Way of the Warrior by Erwin McManus. Mm, I haven't read it's, that one. Oh, it's, I just finished it. It's amazing. But it's also, that book has a very elevated level of speech. Okay. Um, like, and I say elevated because you have to be focused when you're, it's a short book, but you have to be focused when you're reading it because the, the text is, um, it gets you really to think like mm. about why you're here and like creation and um, higher, like whether you believe in God or a higher power, like, or even if you're like an atheist, you would probably still relate to that book. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to put that down for me too. Cause you're not yes. the first one. You're not the first one that's told me about it. Um, the <laughs> next one is purely selfish and yes. just for my own curiosity, cause I'm always curious about like people's food habits and what they love. Um, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Oh, that's a great one. I always have trouble with like favorite food questions because I love food. Like you and I need to have like a cooking. I know. I know. It would be intense (laughs) and awesome. Yes. Um, My last meal. Oh God. I think of the, if anybody ever goes to California, they need to go to the grill cafe, but I would have these massive cookies and cream pancakes Mm. from the griddle cafe that have whipped cream all over them and chocolate cookies in them. And they're so good. That would be my last meal. Oh, delicious. With Froyo on top. Froyo oh on my top. God. Froyo is my jam. You're the first person that said breakfast in this whole podcast. Really? Yeah, I love it. Oh God. I love I it. I am a sweet. I am a me sweet. Me too. I'm a sweet. cows come home. Oh my God. Me too. Always over crunchy and salty. Yes. Um, I'm total sweet, <laughs> sweet person. Um, we should go to the Grotto Cafe. Yes. <laughs> Especially because I'll be in LA um, next week. But um, the next question is something that we've kind of talked about a little bit. Um, and if you could summarize uh, your views on spirituality and faith, you know, in this podcast, I talk a lot about spirituality and just having something that you can look to or go to mm-hmm. when you are feeling out of sorts, which is something we all feel. If you could, yeah. you know, just summarize your your views on that and the role that it plays in your life. Yeah, I love that. Honestly, I don't get to talk about it super often because it's it is something that's so individual mm-hmm. and it's not it's not that you need to pick a religion. It's that you need to have like Ashley is saying, you need to have something that is your anchor when everything else feels out of your control or when you feel like your mind is feeding you thoughts that put you in the ground. Um, Like 
or even if you live alone and you're scared of being alone, like I, it is, it is everything for my, my peace. I have peace because I have faith um, in God. And I believe that he is, he is guiding me if I pay attention and I like surrender to that. I feel like I, I, it's funny because I like every Sunday when I'm listening to Erwin McManus talk or at church, um, they always do at the end of the service, like uh, uh, you can give your life to God at, at the end. And I feel like every week I like re-give myself to mm-hmm. like his purpose for me mm-hmm. because it's so easy to to ignore it if your life is going well and to feel like oh that's just a crutch for people and that's just um that's not my thing I just I can't imagine that there's one being that created everything and that's that's okay but I can tell you it's really scary to believe in something and to believe in one thing let alone something but once you do and you fully invest in that belief you will feel so guided and taken care of and so hopeful that you feel like this deep embedded sense of peace that can't be shaken up and it's like nothing nothing can come into your life and knock you off because you're like okay that's either it's something I did or there's a reason that that's supposed to happen and just having that deep sense of peace it allows you to elevate so many areas of your life because you are you feel connected you feel Mm. like connected to your to not only your purpose because everybody can say that they have a purpose but you don't just feel connected to that you feel connected to a, a divine purpose or to something that's so much bigger than you and you feel like you're supposed to be here doing this thing and to have that that allows you to keep going like when you do want to default and you do want to like the amount of times I've said in the past two weeks that I'm under a lot of stress right now, the amount of times in my head, I'm like, can I please just like go like work at a restaurant because I love food? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, you can't do that. You would hate it. Um, this is for you. You are and just understanding that you're you're doing something that's bigger than you, regardless of what that is. It it just makes you feel so I just have no other words other than peaceful, excited, like you wake up excited, you wake up like ready to kill every day for the most part. Um, and then when I think the big, bigger parts for me that brought me to it were that I was in such a dark place mentally, like life was really good, but internally I felt like turmoil. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what's wrong with this? Like, why do I have this like dark feeling in my soul? Like, what is this? Yes. And it just forced me to go into like deep dive into to developing a relationship with whoever created me mm-hmm. and or why I'm here. And if you can, if you can create that in your life, it will eliminate anxiety. It will eliminate the pressure that you put on yourself from like stress. It's still there, but you are much quicker to remove it because mm-hmm. you can, you can just lift it. And so I think for, for me, my faith, it allows me to be, it allows me to be so raw and vulnerable and there's no, there's nothing I feel like I can't do if God's telling me I should do it. Like if, if I was supposed to move to Canada tomorrow and he told me I was supposed to and everything locked in place, I would go. Like there's, there's nothing that you feel like is out of your reach when you're connected to something. So 
that was beautiful I feel like I'm gonna have I feel like I'm gonna have a great day now because I'm like I'm gonna take this feeling that I felt and just take it but it's I, I really have like such mirrored sentiments towards what you just said and what faith and spirituality means and it doesn't mean that you have to be religious necessarily but it does mean that you have to have something that you can fall back on when things are tough because I feel like that's why we struggle with food that's why Mm -hmm. we might you know get into a poor relationship with exercise because we want that to fulfill us you know that's true you know we want because we all feel a certain void so we go to other outside things but I think that like the most fulfilling and the most um giving thing that you can do is just feel that connection with the outside world and life and and that's something else whatever it means to you so I appreciate you. I love that thank you I appreciate you um saying that um I also know that you have a program that's currently in enrollment so I would love if you could tell us about that and tell us who who specifically it's for Yes, thank you. So my current and program in, for enrollment right now, it's open for another week. I don't know when this will be out, but I'll it's open it until Tuesday. April 12th. Yeah, I'll put it out Okay, Tuesday, perfect. Yeah. So awesome. So they'll have the rest of the week to apply. So Livingly New is the name of the program that I have open right now. It's 12 weeks long, and it's meant to give people their first step into their fitness journey, into their self-development. Or it's for the person, because I think from surface, taking a surface value, first step would mean like you've never exercised before, but it's, it's, it's more of somebody who's really tried and hasn't really seen results. And so it's either someone who's been training like forever and they, they train, they know how to train, but they haven't seen the results that they want because something's out of alignment or it's for the person. So AKA like just having a kick in the ass, or it's for the person who's, who's really been trying, but just it's fine with admitting that they don't know what the hell to do. Like, they're like, I just, I don't know how to get the body that I want, but I know that I want it and I know that I'm going to work for it. So those are the two types of women that it's for. I've had, there's any age really from like 18 up to 35, 40, but the, it's 12 weeks long. It's, I really take you through everything that you need to know about your, your weight training, your exercise in general developing a better relationship with food and understanding it um, and why you need to know about it. And then on the group calls every week, we start to get into more of the deep stuff that I've talked about on this podcast. And it's like having those people around you who are fighting for you, who have no reason to fight for you, but that are there for it. That like knowing that that stranger or that person who was a stranger a week ago is now like rooting you on is like, Oh, I need to do this now. Like there's no giving up. And so that's, that's really why I've, I've created this program is to give people that power of community and having other people who are doing it at the same time. So there's power in having mentors, but having like soul sisters, I guess, who are there for you. That's really powerful. And it, it lets you, I've had, I've, again, I've had so many girls in the program, like quit their jobs, get better jobs, like Mm -hmm. decide that they're more powerful than they were and feel like they have something to give the world because they're taking care of themselves. And so that's, that's really what this is all about. And it's just supposed to be your, your 12 weeks to commit to yourself to then continue your journey because it doesn't end like it's your whole life. So it's not like you're supposed to lose 80 pounds in 12 weeks or do anything crazy or restrictive. It's starting to dive into all the things that you need to learn in order to have 
healthy lifestyle that's like mind, body, and soul, and then take it with you for the rest of your life. So I love it. I love it. So how can people reach you um, through Instagram or maybe your website if they are interested in getting to know you or in the program? Yes. So my Instagram is at Rago Bomb, and it'll probably be in the description. Um, my Facebook is Lindsay Rago, and those two are great places to find me. But my website is lindsayragofit.com. And then you'll find the application for the program, like on all of those mediums. And if you want to go directly to the application, because you're like, wow, that's <laughs> um, it's lindsayragofitapply.com. Perfect. So definitely reach out to Lindsay if you have resonated with all of the beautiful things that she's talked about today, or if you're interested in your program. And I've just loved talking to you and seeing your face. Yes, so um, good. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you soon. Thank you. My Love pleasure. It. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.